Wonderful. Welcome, everybody. So today, what we're going to talk about is the Tesla stock. So specifically, the question I think we should try to answer today is, is there any chance at all that Tesla, the stock, can outperform today's macro environment? Uh, we're going to want to find out, first of all, um, with Christian Valenti. He's our expert um, in our series that we've been doing. He gives great um, kind of analysis and, you know, kind of week by week up to dates of what's happening with the economy, with the Fed and inflation and so forth. So we'd like to start with that. Very curious about the uh, redefinition of recession and what's going to happen with the FOMC tomorrow with the potential 0.75% bump again. We also want to explore, you know, in terms of the Tesla stock, what is the value of the earnings bump that we just saw that seemed to have disappeared, right? We had a little bit bump up to 10% and now we're just seem to be going right back. What is the value of the Twitter overhang? So Gary has kind of given some numbers there and we'll talk about that in terms of what he thinks is actually um, the potential impact to um, Twitter or to the, the, the amount of money that uh, Elon might have to put up. And then in general, I want to know what is the value of this kind of Tesla, the company in general, uh, you know, at 700,000, um, 0.7 trillion dollars at 777, the stock, what is the, is that overpriced, is that underpriced, how do we figure this out? And then from there, continue to have that conversation about the different kinds of um, momentum that's happening here. There's a potential that with an investment grade credit rating, that there's a re kind of change in the narrative that Tesla could start being seen as a blue chip growth stock instead of a momentum stock. And then with the cash flow that's flowing out, you know, we'll talk about the projections of the total cash flow in 2022, 2023 and onward that must impact the value of the stock. So um, let's get started. And, and um, you know, Christian, we'd love to go to you always. Let's tell me what what is happening with the recession, the economy, and then once we get there, <laughs> once you point the dire environment that we're in right now with the market, we'll talk about how Tesla is performing in that environment. And our favorite question, can Tesla outperform? Can they somehow break through this kind of doldrum of a market? Yeah, that's that's a mouthful there, Herbert. You got a you hit a lot of stuff there and you hit all the right major points so i'll just again as we go through it what i think's happening right now as far as um you saw today so let, let's kind of take it to what happened today you saw and then reference into tesla stock so you saw google earnings and microsoft google um beat i mean did not beat but the stock did well in after hours microsoft didn't beat but it was flat to, I think it was up, you know, it didn't move much. So basically, it's a good sign. It's showing, we'll see how it does tomorrow, that the market is very receptive now to earnings that don't meet expectations. They're not dropping like they used to, unless it's a, a, a smaller company that really misses. So I think a lot of the negativity is baked into the market. And we saw that with Tesla, right, with the, the Q2 earnings. We saw the stock rally and now it's given up a little bit. But if you look at like a one month performance or even like a two week performance, Tesla has outperformed, you know, the QQQs, the Nasdaq 100. It's, it's outperformed, 
you know, Amazon and Google and, and these type of names. So I think in the short term, it's some profit ticking going on. And then what you talked about, the Twitter overhang, you saw Gary Black talking about it. Does Elon have to sell shares if in October he's forced to buy Twitter, right? So does that take some of the enthusiasm away from people buying hand over fist, knowing that Elon might have to sell some shares later? So, you know, that could be a headwind short term. Yeah. So I saw a statistic that, and tell me if I'm wrong, but one year ago, if you look at the one year performance of all these stocks, everybody crashed. Google, Amazon, Facebook, you name them, they've crashed significantly from a year ago. But the only two that survived that still kind of stayed kind of at where we were last year is Tesla and Apple. Right. So for some reason, these two companies, despite Tesla, uh, Apple, uh, Tesla, we, we saw it rise like dramatically to the all time high of 1200 and then it fell back to where it is now. But if you look at where we were last year, we're basically at the same mark. And that sounds bad. But in actual reality is all the other companies, they've fallen significantly. Right. So uh, anyways, before we continue about Twitter overhang and this comment I just made, please tell me what's happening tomorrow with the with the Fed. What's happening with this recession redefinition? What's your opinion of all this? Okay, so before I go into that, let me just make one point, Herbert. I think this is yeah. important to put it in context. Tesla year to date is down, but if you yeah. look at Tesla on a one year, it's up. It's up nice. I think it was up. I checked it today. It was around 20%. It was better than that before the pullback today. So if you look at the S&P, the S&P is down in a yeah. one year basis. Yeah. Like, So it's outperforming by like, you know, 40%. So even though it seems like Tesla had a big fall and it did from the 1200 area because it ran up so much, the one year performance backward looking is actually beating the S&P. It's beating the triple Qs. It's actually performed well. It just feels really bad because from the beginning of the year, we've had a steep decline. Does that make sense? That's right. That's what I was just saying. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, it hasn't been a terrible stock if you've owned it over the last 12 months. But um, I just wanted to kind of put that out. So as far as recession, Biden's going to say what Biden's going to say in the government. I don't really read too much into that. I mean, a recession, normally it's two negative GDP quarters. I think that's going to happen unless we get a surprise. Um, but it's really not a deep recession yet because jobs haven't rolled over, right? We're still growing jobs, two, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand a month. So it's hard to get, you know, worried about a deep recession when people still have paychecks. You know, inflation is a, is an issue, but people still have money to spend, and they're spending less. We are slowing down, but um, we're we're still we're still okay. We're we're not we're not like an oh eight oh nine where 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 you know GDP is going to go down four or five percent. But, um, you know, one or two percent is definitely possible. So but as far as the re-rating of the world recession, that's just a, a gimmick for for the, you know, November elections to help Democrats. But uh, what was your other question? Yeah. the Well, to what's going to happen tomorrow? The rating is it baked in the point seven five basis point? And does, does it matter? Is it going to do anything to the stock or are people waiting heavily for tomorrow for the market to react or not really? I'm more excited to see what, what Google does, Microsoft, if they're able to stay positive and like the triple Qs and Tesla, can they stay green again and build on the momentum? I think the Fed's going to do, you know, three quarters. I think that's pretty much 
baked in. There's not, you know, the, the futures market is three quarters point. Unless they want to do a surprise, it looks like that'll be it. And with inflation starting to roll over, like we talked about commodities coming in, oils come in, I don't see why they would need to do more than three quarters into a slowing mm-hmm. economy. So I don't think that'll be a much of a shock. But what Powell has to say going forward will be, does he say, you know, we're still have to be, you know, does he come off very hawkish, which is still going to say in the market, OK, there's more pain ahead. The Fed's on a mission. They really want to kill inflation. The economy is definitely going to go into a deeper recession. Or does he take his foot off the pedal and say, hey, look, I'm going to go three quarters. But we see some end at, at, the, at the light at the end of the tunnel, and maybe we don't have to be as hawkish going into the end of the year, then that would be a positive for the overall markets. Okay. Yeah. So it's sounding like everybody's agreeing that tomorrow is going to be straightforward. You're waiting for the numbers. Um, but what matters more to you is actually you know, seeing continued reduction in inflation, the, ga- the oil prices. You're waiting for the uh, job numbers, right? Anything else? Yeah. And just the 10 and two. So you uh, one kind of a macro thing the the tens and twos are inverted, which is recession. But even a bigger metric is the 10 year to the three month treasury. And I think Mm -hmm. that's like 20 something basin points. It hasn't inverted yet. If that inverts, that's a definite sign that. We're, we're going to recession if we're not already in the recession, a technical recession now that 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 it could be, you know, in, in next year, possibly a recession. So, again, this has been a tough time because there's a lot of moving pieces. But I think even more than what the Fed does, I want to see what the, the Google does tomorrow, mm-hmm. what Tesla does, what Microsoft. Can they stay green? Because if they roll over and they go red, that means we're going back down and the S&P goes back down to the June lows. Do we break those? That's what we don't want because that means there's further downside for the overall market. So you want these big cap tech names to to hold in here and, and keep building along with Tesla, of course. <laughs> OK, that's the economy. So now I am really upset. I'm so pissed. I can't handle it. I don't understand. Tesla keeps putting out these incredible earnings report. They just blow people away in terms of their margin and their cash. And we're like all excited because they keep hitting out of the park. We get a little bump and then it's all taken away from us the next few days. What is going on? At what point is the world or just the investors going to say, "Okay, these guys are hitting it out of the park. And why are why isn't it? Is this bump? Is this so temporary? What? What do you think? I mean, at the end of the day, I can ask you what you think. But in reality, it is what it was. It was a 10 percent bump but only for one day. What happened yeah. today? I mean, that, that could have erased that, that, that kind of real fact. That's real numbers that came up from a real You're right. Report. Yeah. I mean, he, the thing is, though, it did rally, right? We got into the 800s real quick, right? I mean, it, 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 it gapped up. But, but the problem is, and this is why when we did the price targets, I said 950 because – I, I said it would move on that and it did. And we're still higher. We're seven, you know, whatever, 780 in that area. But here's the thing. I think the market is waiting for Tesla to do a little bit of prove it. Like, let me see your record Q3 and, and, and Q4. I know I said that I think it would rally before that. And it did. It has moved up. But the problem is that you do have and Gary Black is kind of right. And, I, you know, I hate, I'm a bull. 
But I got to be realistic. That Twitter overhang is a bit of an overhang, not in the sense of Twitter. It's in the sense of does Elon have to sell more shares? And we're not going to know that for a little bit. So I'm just trying to be realistic. If he has to sell more shares because the, the judge orders, no, you must honor the contract. You must pay 5420. That's my prediction. That's the case. Then he's going to have to maybe, maybe sell more shares. And as, as long as that's there, people might not go as heavy as they normally would, knowing that is the case. So um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just reality. Right. So Gary's talking about the Twitter overhang. Um, but, you know, I'm just tired. Right. I'm tired. I guess I shouldn't be tired. Right. Because uh, you've turned me a long term. I'm with you. Tesla. I want 2000 tomorrow. <laughs> you guys have turned me into the short term guy. But, um, you know, but the whole thing about, oh, just wait till next quarter and wait till next quarter. And yeah, we had our we finally got our factories built and next and next blowout quarters and then does. And then something's always there. OK, so Gary's been saying that the Twitter overhang is a significant overhang and this is from an analyst perspective and what he said was uh, if elon is forced to buy twitter at the 54 billion dollar number that he needs to still raise 11 billion dollars which he hadn't accounted for yet uh and that today at 777 dollars that would mean 14 million shares that potentially elon himself would need to sell tesla stock i don't know how much twitter stock he has that he can sell to 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 raise that would no he can't do you want no he would, he would have to keep the twitter stock he would have to keep the twitter stock because he's gonna own it he don't want to sell that <laughs> what am i talking about he needs to buy more twitter stock. he's got you all messed up herbert I gary black up, yeah. really made us okay. mad <laughs> but he and but then there's a potential for him to get other investors but right what's the chance of you getting another investor to put in 11 billion dollars of purchasing a, a asset that you know is not worth 54 right so uh so is this, you know, he's this is hurting. the problem. See how we're having this discussion. This is the problem. What I talked about a couple of weeks ago, again, short and medium term, this is a problem. Long term, it's not as much as a problem, but uncertainty. Remember, I said you said, why, why, why? I keep saying uncertainty. This is what I mean. Like when you have uncertainty, investors, Gary Black's talking about portfolio managers. Yeah. They already think about Tesla a little bit shaky. They th still think about Elon a little bit you know, erratic. I don't, but I'm just saying that the market, you know, he, he could be a little bit uh, out there. Right. But that's what we love. We love uh, Tesla going for it and the innovation and all that stuff. And I've been tweeting up a storm about yes, all the have. great things about Tesla. <laughs> I'm getting more excited and more excited as we go. But uncertainty is not your friend if you're an investor and you want things to happen because it just clouds everything and it just makes people not go as big as they normally would because they're worried what shoe is going to drop. So Elon, this is a good thing for you, though. I'll, I'll say this. Elon, in a tweet, I think Sawyer Merritt said, yes, uh, the best thing you could do is focus something. I'm going to paraphrase, focus, put your head. And says, that's right. I'm going to focus. I'm going to get the shorts. I'm going to put my head down. I'm just paraphrasing something like that. That was great. I'm going to keep great. my head down, get off the limelight and, and execute. Right. Did you see that, too? So that, that was, was a nice, nice tweet. Yeah, yeah. He's finally saying the right things, which is I'm going to be moderate in politically. He's going to now recognize that he's a. Uh, Supernova, his impact, you know, the everybody's jumping up on that. He needs to calm down and focus on things that are improving the world. That's great. So Tesla Economics is on the um, the call, listening in, and everybody should needs to be following him. But also Christian, 
And in the last week, yes, Christian, your tweets were sounding very similar to Tesla Economics tweets. And I was like, this is pretty good stuff. I, aren't very good I'll stuff. tell you this. I love Tesla, Tesla Economics. Um, <laughs> we, we had a little exchange. I, I love you his did. tweets. I think he, he likes some of my stuff, but I'm very in sync with the way he thinks about life in general, about philosophy of life and things of that nature. So I love to see him here. And I, I love right. to, you know, I love One it. Day. One day we'll get him up here, but uh, Tesla Economics, you know, you don't you don't give me that love. You got to do we got to do a little banter too on Twitter, so we'll we'll get there. Go <laughs> there, yes. You give me a little heart, okay. Anyways, but folks need to be following Christian Valente. He's amazing. Um, and now that he's tweeting, he's starting to tweet out there. He's going to start sharing some really good information. Um, all right, let's get back to the big thing. What is Tesla as a big company, the overall company? What is its value? Proper valuation. What is it's is it fair? So of course there's people on both sides. There's us who thinks that this is ridiculous. I can't believe it's still here. It should be at 1200, 1400 uh stock, uh, you know, 1.2 trillion or something like that right now. And it's not. And then there's others that go 777, you know, trillion or 0.77 trillion is way too high. Okay, so we talk about the PE ratio. Can you educate us a little bit more? about the P-E ratio and how should a normal, an objective investor, just somebody who wants to put some money somewhere, how should they look at a normal stock and how would you value it? Is Tesla overvalued? No, it's not. Here, here's how you could do it. Simple, simple, simple. So if you if you look at Tesla, and, and this is one of my stuff I've been talking about, I've been talking about as a value play now. Uh, yeah, of course it's a growth stock, but it's a value play. If you just take... Um, and the best way to do it is with forward earnings. But even if you want to do trailing earnings, that's fine. Like, say they do 12 to 14 this year. So for the audience to, to you're do a value. Earnings, you're talking about earnings. Right. right. EPS gap, gap, yeah. not even a job gap, the lower, the lower bit, not the adjusted EBITDA, the, the, the gap earnings. Right. So right mm -hmm. now, I think we're at like eight something. So on that measure, I think we're trading at like nine in the 90s trailing. Which is great. It's been coming down. Remember, like you're last year, it was like a thousand. Just I have to translate for people. You're talking about the yeah. PE ratio of ninety. Right. Let's use eight fifty. Let's use eight fifty. And I don't have a calculator handy because I'm on this thing. I don't want to get off it. What eight fifty divided by the stock price, Herbert? What do you get? I don't know. <laughs> Ash, help me out. Anyone have a calculator? Okay, whatever it is. It's I think it's in the mid nineties. So. Sure. Basically, that's a trailing PE, but it's a growth stock, right? And we look at the forward earnings. So forward looking, I look at Tesla next year and they could surprise us, but let's just be conservative. And let's say they do $22 in gap earnings for 2023. So then if you take the stock price now and divide 780 divided by the 22, you're getting, you're getting a really, what is that roughly? To, uh, in my head. See, I, I need a calculator. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, mm -hmm. you're getting it's it's like 50 times 20. You're getting under 50 times. So basically, if Tesla's growing earnings from 12 to mm -hmm. 24, that would be a 100% increase, right? 12 plus mm -hmm. 12 is 24. Mm -hmm. So it would be trading at a peg ratio of like 0 0.5, 0 0.5, which is crazy, incredibly cheap for a company that's going to grow 50% year after year for the foreseeable future, right? So you're getting a deal of a lifetime at these prices. Even at these prices, forget sixes, even at 800, if you believe in the profit story, because the way Tesla's operating leverage is going now, the earnings is growing faster than the revenue. 
Do you see the revenues growing yes. maybe 60, 70%, but the profits are growing 100, 200%, right? Do you think Incredible they'll get, do you think growth. Keep, do you think they'll keep that up? I do, as long as they keep delivering units. So if you believe that they will sell 50% more units every year, then that operating leverage will kick in and the earnings will grow faster than the revenues. So that's how you value Tesla going forward. And this is just the car business, right? We're not taking energy. Yeah, yeah, we're not taking the robot. Yeah, we're not yeah. taking FSD. So that is why yeah. I believe you're still getting in at great prices for, yeah. for the future. So the peg ratio, everybody I've read, is that if well, less than one, that is generically understood that it's a deal that you should invest in companies that are peg ratio one. And if the growth is happening, and if you're believing the growth is happening, and like you're pointing out the earnings, that's what matters even more. And then the cash that they're pulling out. But okay, so so if so, then how do you? So okay, now you're talking about you're always forward looking, which is what stocks should be doing, right? Forward looking, and you're just saying that if it right. doubles the earnings next year, the PE ratio will fall to be around fifty. So what's this? The PE ratio, right? I remember yeah. a long time ago, I was looking to invest in Amazon, and it freaked me out. This was like decades ago. I still invested, by the way, just to be clear. <laughs> well, that's it, the other thing that you mentioned me it real that, quick. That I got to cut you off, Herbert. You go ahead. go ahead. I have to cut you off one second. I'm sorry, okay. Apple. Look at Apple. Yeah. Apple is flatlined. They have no revenue growth. They're, Amazon, they lost money last quarter. Yes. These yeah. big companies, and they're valued higher than Tesla. You got Apple at two and a half trillion. You got Amazon, which has fell a lot, but it's still over a trillion. It's time for Tesla to exceed the market cap of Amazon. That should happen like now because Amazon does not be, need to be valued higher than Tesla. Tesla, yeah. every quarter except the last one, is record, record, record. Amazon has been doing crap for the last year, and it's still valued way higher than Tesla. So I think that's the next switch. I think Tesla will overtake Amazon in the next maybe three yeah, to six so months. What is the right PE ratio? That's, I mean, that's the debate everybody has, I think, yeah. at this point. Some people, I, I want to give you basic math again. I'm going to go back okay. to it. Let's say Please. they do $20 next year. That's conservative. They will do more, but let's say they do 20 VPS for 2023. If I give it a 50 multiple, that's a thousand dollar stock. Yeah, but so it's right? 50 multiple, the right, right, a 50. No, that and that would be a trailing. So that's if they trailing. did 20, 20 of EPS next year, Mm -hmm. And you multiply it by 50, mm -hmm. you get a thousand dollar stock. This, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to show you mm -hmm. how great value you're getting mm -hmm. for, for the audience. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm using some basic numbers $20, which I think they'll do more times 50 is a thousand. That would be on a trailing. So, if you do that and the company grew earnings from 12 to 24, then they would have a peg. Because if you divide the 100 divided by the 50, we're just making that up to 50. It should be more, but that would be. 0.5. So you're getting a great peg ratio, right? Anything between one to two, once we turn into a bull market is, is good, but anything under one is crazy great. So what I'm saying is that you're getting great value. Now, if you did a peg ratio on that, where I think it should be trading, since you doubled the EPS from 12 to say the 22, 24 range, that would be a hundred. If you did $20 in earnings and you did a hundred multiple, well, now you got a 2000 stock. That's mm -hmm. almost a, a triple from here. And mm -hmm. that would be definitely a reasonable expectation. So you could see how the returns could be massive in the next 12 to 18 months uh, if everything hey, goes hey, well we and there's no shutdowns. Yeah. The, you know, PE ratio 50, 100, uh, 12, right? What is the right number for a growth ma car manufacturing, you know, 
Well, Company. right. Well, that's the thing. So I think the right number for a, a company growing the way Tesla's growing, I think at the least. So I, I want to be conservative. I would say a trailing multiple of 70 to 80 should is justified. So if next year they did 22 in earnings, multiply it by 80, you have close to a $1,700 stock. That's what I believe should happen. Well, that's what you believe. Well, what is what? What do I? No, I say? think the market would also do that. Okay. As long as yeah. if okay. Tesla put up twenty two dollars in earnings next year, mm -hmm. you could double this stock from roughly eight hundred to sixteen hundred by by next year. So twelve mm -hmm. months from now. But I, I and but here's what you have to hear. You don't sound excited, Herbert. A double in a year is amazing returns. It would be a $1.6 trillion company by, by then in less than 12 months. So you don't poo-poo 800 to 1600. That is a massive move in a year. That, so I'm not poo-pooing it. I'm, I, I just, it didn't sound I'm like you're excited. No, if I, you saw Tesla at 1600, say in late October, late November next year, would you be a happy man? Yeah, I have to control your yeah. emotions, right? You have to control your emotions. Right, but up the but, whole time and you know, cheers exactly. Oh my God, we're going to be but, here. And but that's what I'm looking for, and that's what I'm expecting as as a heavy right. investor in Tesla. Yeah, yeah. I believe that Tesla should double over the next twelve months. Right, right, right. So you always go back to fundamentals. If the earnings continue to grow, and even if the stock doesn't follow, it's frustrating for people like me. But you know, at the end of the day, what matters is the fundamentals. And earnings grow, cash grows, revenue grows. It will follow. It will yes. follow, because like you're saying, even if they stay the P-E ratio unfair as it is, even if it stays where it is now, the stock needs to rise. It's just as simple as that. All right. Yeah. So, and Andrea, welcome. Welcome back. Well, um, thank you for having me. How yeah. are you all doing today? Good. Fantastic. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Unfortunately, uh, the stock went down today, right. and uh, I am disappointed um, by the stock price because if you look, okay, macro and the war and inflation, recession, and everything, but the stock price has been uh, eight hundred since uh, yeah. January of two thousand and twenty-one, uh, which means. Uh, uh, 19 months uh, so I mean it's not that good of an investment if it stays stable for 18 months even uh, well, no, the, but, the but weaker yeah, bonds uh, you know yeah but I, we just we talked about the very beginning here you got to keep in mind that if you look at where all the stocks were last year compared to where it is today only two stocks are basically flat which is Tesla and Apple every other stock they've fallen significantly from where they were last year and, and Herbert, remember this: your your prediction of twelve hundred stock price could easily happen. Here's how: if if Tesla does, I think they're going to do more than twelve. But if they do twelve dollars in EPS in twenty twenty two at the end of this year with Q three and four, you add them all up, you get twelve. I think it will be higher. If you put a hundred multiple on it, you have a twelve hundred dollars stock. Tesla's trailing earnings right now is like ninety five, so it's right there to end the year at twelve hundred if the valuation stays where it is. So we're not far off. We're actually right on pace for yeah, okay. for what should happen. Yeah. Okay. I'm just. I always like to play the opposite side. Not that I'm this person. Trust no, absolutely. Me, okay? well, let's 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 bubble. have a go. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, Christian. Tell me now. Tell me what is the earnings after Q. This quarter, tell me what the earnings are. Tell me a multiple, a normal, fair multiple. Tell me what the price should be today. 
So right now, I because of I, I thought that it would be in that nine fifty yeah, range, a thousand at the, the end. But not. I think it could be higher. Right because, now, I think we should be. Yeah. I think we yeah. should be in the eight hundreds in oh, that oh. eight fifty range. Right, right now, right. yeah. I guess what right I'm now, yeah, eight fifty. The the market is not rational. It's not like I'm a calculator. Right. Nobody's calculating. The old saying: the market could to. stay more irrational longer than you could stay solvent. Right. <laughs> That's the old saying, right? The market will do what it wants for a year or two, yeah. but eventually it will come to the correct outcome. But right now you have just a lot of things that are, are you it's know, and you have to remember Tesla did a major move after not moving for year after year after year. Yeah. So you have to be patient as an investor. You Look, I've learned this. I've learned to control my emotions. This is important. I know this sounds basic stuff. You have to learn. If you're going to win in investing, this is important, Herbert, and, and you have to. It's not might, can, try. You have to control your emotions. The market will go on its own terms. The, what you have to do as an investor, to be a good investor, is to pick the company that you know in the future are going to deliver the results that are going to get your outcome, that the, what you want, whether you want a 2x, 3x, well, 4x, my, how my many years you want it. Is I'm a long-term investor, and I decide yeah. not to have any emotion at all, and that's the way to go. To right. Invest, Close your eyes. Don't even look. <laughs> and on these no, calls is where you kind of let out some of your frustration, which is yeah. great because you don't let it out on your keyboard, right? You go to the you keyboard, open up your account. I'm going to sell, right? Every week, and I don't really need, I don't need to be looking. Right, at Right, but you'll be surprised because access to trading is so easy. Do you know how many people today probably went to their computer, yeah. saw Tesla down after being up a few days, yeah. and said, oh, "I can't take it," and sold, and sold today because it's red for one day. Because they can't see further than one day out. And after a couple of green days, they wanted to continue. And, and, and they just said, you know, I'm done. Some people are like that. So you really yeah. have to detach the emotions. All right. All right. So, so we're talking about the P.E. ratio and what is a fair P.E. ratio. Well, I guess it depends on how the company is viewed. And um, uh, Gary Black said that uh, the once Tesla gets the upgrade to investment grade credit rating, which... Um, we heard recently that um, Alexandra, who worked at the Moody's, was saying, predicting that it will happen in August. When that happens, the narrative to Tesla will will become that it will be the, uh, seen as a blue chip growth stock, a growth stock that's blue chip, versus being seen as a momentum stock. Okay, so I described you as a momentum trader. What is your definition of moment, momentum stock? Yeah, so I agree with that 100%. I believe investment grade, which if you go look at those, if you go look at the at the tweet, at the metrics, Tesla is green everywhere. It's the best metrics compared to the app, all these blue chips that everyone loves and, and right. fawns over. It has the best investment grade. If you look at the debt, debt to EBA, all this stuff, Tesla lines up everywhere. It's incredible how other companies have investment grade and Tesla doesn't. If you go really look at it, I looked at it. And I'm like, oh my God, Tesla's like the one of the best or number two out of all these companies. And they're, they don't even have investment grades. So I do believe once the market sees that a lot of investors will wake up and say, whoa, Tesla has turned into that blue chip company, not just that growth company, not just that company, <laughs> that everybody loves and i also say this uh herbert it works both ways tesla at one point traded a thousand times if on earnings on trailing earnings so you could say well they're going to grow the earnings so that thousand came down which 
which it did. So there are points in time where you get crazy multiples and there's point, points in time in the market cycles where the multiples come in and they contract. Like look at Google under 20 times earnings, but their growth has come down. The difference with Tesla is Tesla's growth is accelerating into their multiple contracting, which is the opportunity. That's why I've been buying in these levels uh, tremendously. And yes, I am a momentum trader in the sense of when we got to 1200 and we were going up five, 10% every day, and I knew the Fed was coming in and they were going to spoil the party because they're going to start raising rates because inflation was out of control and they were going to do something about it. I did preempt it a little bit and said, OK, this is not going to last. So, uh, so you know, call it what you want there. But but I am right now, I'm more excited. Than we've been talking about it and, than ever. And I own more Tesla than I've ever owned in my life right now. So remember that contracting multiples, contracting valuation into a growing EPS that is a, a a a concoction for great things to happen to the stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard somebody say uh, a couple of weeks ago that resonated with me. They said that if a stock is falling, but the revenue and earnings are rising, <laughs> buy. <laughs> but if the stock is falling and the revenue and earnings are falling, you know, consider adopt and, and stop, right? And so things like Netflix, like, you know, are you going to buy Netflix right. now? Uh, probably not, or be careful, right? Be careful. When, when, growth, a huge when, growth, when growth companies stop growing, like Netflix, Facebook, yeah. another example, they get destroyed 50, 60% in like an earning. Like those yeah. companies got crushed. Why is Tesla held up? Mm-hmm. Well, remember we were talking about, oh, everybody was talking about, I see Tesla 500, 550. I said, no, that won't happen because Tesla's earnings are coming through. The, the the market will not value it down there because it'll be too cheap. Or if it does get down there, it won't last there more for a day because investors will suck it up. So that has proven out. That has proven out. Mm-hmm. But, but I hear your I hear your frustration. We can free flow it. Like, tell me what you think. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm giving you my opinion. Do you, I mean, uh, are you a little bit um, dissatisfied with the action today? Did you think we were going to get more of a rally? Did you think we would be, you know, closer to 900 by now on those earnings? What do you yeah. think? Okay, well, I, again, I don't lo- I don't know what happens. On well, I, I know you don't know. I'm just saying, give yeah. me your opinion, how you're yeah, yeah. feeling as, I, as a short in the short term. I don't know and I don't know if I care about what happens on a day-to-day basis like you and Xander do, right? Oh, I, you're the new Warren Redlick. I love it. <laughs> no, I don't don't compare me to Warren, please. Lots of lots of I don't either. No one ever cared. I'm just trying to lighten yeah. up the conversation. I just want to get what yeah. you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not I, gonna hold you to uh, it. Warren, I just want to get your feelings so I I know how you're feeling. Sure. So Warren is very he's calls himself a long-term investor. He looks at one year, two years, three years out, right? I, I'm more at the six months level kind of thing where uh I feel like like, why did it fall from 1200 to where is it 700 800 today that that's a crazy number that i thought would never we would never fall below 900 now you then place into uh, uh, the all these crazy things that was happening right so this was the whole thing about uh, elon deciding to sell his shares cuz he's about to buy twitter uh, I, I think we all forgot all this. <laughs> all these crazy things happened. And you forgot I didn't. I remember yeah. it all like yesterday. It was a lot of crazy stuff happened last six months. Go ahead. So why did it fall from 1,200, right, to all the way to 900? All these things that just kept in succession. In the mean, And then we were all waiting. We're saying, oh, my God, when the factories are built, then that's when the world will realize we got two new factories. And they did happen right on time in April. 
nothing happened. So that's where my frustration started coming in. It's like, okay, if the world to make sense to me, if they see these two new factories in place, then you know, very clearly you can with a straight line calculator calculate how many cars will be produced. And then therefore the sales should match and everything's going to be great for the company. Why did the stock continue to fall? There was a Shanghai situation. Then there's a Twitter overhang. There's right. Uh, I don't know. He had else. to sell shares. He had to sell shares the first time to pay for his options. That was a drib and drab that he did day after day. Right? You remember that one? Yeah. Uh, and then and then that the started first, it. That started I it. Wonder what happened when he started to say, "I'm going to bring back uh, Trump. I'm going to vote Republican." Now we see that he's actually pissed off both sides. Uh, Again, to remind everybody, though, Democrats attacked him first. But now, you know, if Democrats out there are no longer able and and that's I had this debate. I have this debate. Many, many people and most people can. And I think you say that it's investors care about the green and the opportunity and few will actually pull out their money. Uh, but there are, I, I think there's a huge group of people that are driven by moral compass and they can't invest in a company. Uh, my brother is one of them. So I, and then I, I spoke to a few others that are like that. So I don't know. I, I, I agree. But I, I love everything you said, Herbert. Let me just get this one point out. A lot of the when you're talking about I think this is important. When you say the factories were built, everyone knew the factories were coming. Here's the difference between knowing what's happening and getting a stock to move higher. Mm -hmm. Expectations are what people know to be. So if everyone knows something's coming, you usually don't get a massive stock move if everyone knows it. The way you get a stock to move and the way Tesla did its crazy run, it's because it went from a company perceived to go bankrupt to a company now that is a profit machine. So the market before it actually now it is a profit machine before it happened, the market led because we were in a bull market. It led and it, 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 it sniffed it out and the market rocketed knowing that that was going to be the outcome, not the other outcome was holding it back. It's bankrupt. It's losing money every quarter. It loses money every quarter. That narrative went away and the money-making machine took off. So as far as the factories go, the next leg to the story is, and what I've been saying is, profit machine. If if the market it, the market is not anticipating Tesla doing 50% growth year after year. So if they do a record Q3 and 4 and then they follow that up with another 60-70% say next year, that the market doesn't have that baked in. The market is expecting like $17 in EPS next year. So if if Tesla did say 24-25, they are going to crush expectations. So there you would get a huge stock move because the expectations built in by everyone are okay. being eclipsed massively, and that's how you get the move. Does that make sense? Right. No, it makes sense. Okay, so here, I, I, I help me for you help me formulate a little bit of my thinking here. Okay, so this is kind of where my uh, frustration has been in the last six months. Okay, so I am very aware, and I think you, most of us here in the call are very aware that fundamentals is what moves this, the value of a stock, right? And that's what you were talking about when earnings go up double when share when revenue keeps going because of cars when um cash flow just just it's amazing and i'll walk through the cash flow shortly here it's crazy that's the value of the fundamentals that should be the value of the stock okay great i can wait for that i have patience for that i have excitement for that because it's such a clear line my wife is so upset whenever i say it's guaranteed (laughs) 
Actually, don't ever say guaranteed. I'm going, but it's a straight line. I can calculate for you what's going to happen for production numbers and therefore sales and therefore blah, blah, blah. Okay. But what's pissing me off is um, what is the company worth? Okay, so fundamentals tell you the value of the company, but what is the company worth? And so just like everything, what is something worth? It's worth what other people are willing to pay for, right? What is this apple worth? This, you know, a fruit. Well, that's that's a bad example, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, my, like a, a, a piece of art. Yeah. It's whatever people are willing to pay for it. So yes. when the price was at 1200 and it was there for several months, I was feeling great because that sets a price ledge, Okay. That means people think it's worth 1200 and it hung for a couple months. Now we're down at 800, 700, and it's been here for three months. We don't think it's that's the right worth of the company, but that is now setting kind of the thing. And that's where I'm much more excited about the momentum, right? I believe momentum matters. And so when the next month we get investment grade crediting, we get the stock split, maybe there's excitement with our robots, maybe there's gonna be a couple announcements of gigafactories. These things might reset the next price ledge, and if it if it's just a thousand dollars, I'd be so friggin' happy. I really will, and just sets the stage. This is what it's worth. The vast majority of people consider the investors consider it to be worth this way. And then eventually, right. the value of this the com the company where is at a point where the the feeling of the the sentiment of the worth will catch up to that. Right? It just pisses me off that the people are still considering that this company is at this. Let it out, Tesla. Let it out, Herbert. <laughs> Let it out, Herbert. Sorry. <laughs> well, you forced me. I don't want to be the one being asked questions. No, it's yeah. good. You got to vent it out every once in a while. Here, so let, let me. That's great. It's a good discussion back and forth. So, the technical definition of what a company's worth—it's the future cash flows out how many years discounted back yes. to today. So, the reason we're excited about Tesla is because we see future cash flows that no other institutions or investors even look at. FSD revenue, uh, a bot bot revenue, selling robots to people. People for for God, uh, you know how how much money. So those future cash flows aren't even in most people's models. So if you go out three, five, six years, and those cash flows, yeah, Tesla is a real steel deal. But if you want to just go based on what we see in front of us, a car business, an energy business, things of that nature, I do think we're way undervalued, and we should be closer to that you know, a thousand dollar trillion dollar market cap in the, in the current market environment. Yeah, so just in yeah. cash flow alone. This is the numbers that I wrote down. 2022, it's $9.9 billion of free cash flow. In 2023, it'll be 21 billion. This is from Gary Black. In the next five years, it's going to be a hundred plus billion dollars. And I'm pretty certain he's not calculating anything except for cars. And so the idea, the concept is that, you know, this is just, the, you know, they're going to have as much cash as Apple does. Uh, right. In books. Think about that. Think about what you said. A hundred billion dollars in, in cash flow. Right. Cash flow. That's crazy. What's that worth? That's worth. What's it worth? I don't know. Five trillion. <laughs> well, how did you get that number? If you have a hundred billion, well, if cash, you just multiply the, because, the cash no, flow is a hundred billion and you put Apple, like, uh, you can't say that. Multiply by. A, yeah, uh, multiply Apple by has like 120 50. billion dollars of cash, and they're a trillion, they're two trillion dollar company. So, well, two and a half trillion. But no, you, you don't multiply it by the cash. You're not talking. There's cash on the balance sheet, and then, then there's cash flows. Gotcha. Cash flows is different from what cash on the balance sheet. Mm -hmm. Cash on the balance sheet is just sitting there. Cash flows is money generating by the business in a given year. Yeah, yeah it's a okay. different. 
completely different. If Tesla's generating hundreds of billions in cash flow, they they could have yes. two hundred billion in, in, in on the years. balance sheet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the and cash flow is completely different. Cash flow is what the the earn the operating earning. So if, if if they're generating X amount of money and then they got to take how much does it cost to, to make that money, that's the cash flow. That's like a rudimentary definition. Let's talk so, margin then. Yeah. Okay, can you let's walk me through this? Because, Absolutely. Oh, that's a great yeah, right. Okay. So so margin yeah. right now is 30% uh margin versus normal car companies at 7%. They continue to maintain at this 30% rate this quarter despite all these headwinds and all the issues that they were facing. And so is it true that if you actually carried out in the next several quarters when the big, the two gigafactories are actually in like humming and they're actually producing like crazy, shouldn't the margin be better? And then as they continue to, you know, improve gigafactoring and all those other things, what's your yeah, commentary on that, that? That That is the story. So that's the basic story. So I'll, I'll, I'll break it down like this. So right now, Say Tesla's best it saves in that thirty percent. I think, and most bulls think that Tesla could get to forty percent margins, full four zero, which yeah. is a lot of you know ten percent on hundreds of billions of dollars is a lot of profit. So, you know, every hundred billion dollars in revenue, if they can get ten percent margin, you know how much money I mean is dropping to the bottom line. So again, it, it, the margins will get better as. The, as they ramp the two factories, because the fixed cost will essentially remain the same, right? It might go up a little bit, but essentially everything's in place. And now you're just doing the more cars under that same amount of fixed costs. So as they ramp these factories and the faster they ramp them, the faster the, the margins will go. And you make a great That's point. We've still had industry leading margins on a, a shutdown in Shanghai and two new factories that are barely getting off the ground. Imagine when they're fully ramped and everything is humming as ordinary. Could you, I could see 36, 37, 38% gross margins in my sleep, which is going to then make tens of billions of dollars drop to the bottom line each, each, each quarter. Then, so we saw the 30% margin number. It's it's in a financial report. Then how come the intelligent investors out there, the, in, you know, the, Investment firms, how come they're not like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm going to invest. Why are they, why did the cop drop, stock drop? <laughs> I, I listen to the analysts all day. I don't know if you watch uh, Solving the Money Problem. He does yeah. a great job of, of putting the analysts and then commenting on it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the analysts are short term. A lot of the analysts are looking one quarter, two quarters out. They can't see the future. They're they're terrible at it. Their job, they put a price. To, look at look at what um Jonas does from where is he from? Uh, JP, not, where's Jonas from? I forget. Anywhere, his outfit. He's got a bull case, a, a bear case, and a, and a, and a regular case. And he puts out all these notes. And he's got sixteen hundred for my my bull case, five hundred for my bear case. I mean, there's no value add there for me. I could do that by myself. Oh, it could be five hundred. It could be sixteen hundred. It could be a thousand in the middle. How is that helping me? It's them. It's, they have a job. And guess what? I think mm-hmm. uh, what you said is actually not that you're wrong, but that comment is wrong. Most investors are idiots. They have no clue of what's happening. They go with recommendations. They go with institutions. Tell them they go with what Bear, you know, uh, J.P. Morgan says or Wells Fargo or whatever analyst 
wants to say whatever they want to say. The true value, the reason Tesla, that the retail investor won with Tesla, is because we saw it before Wall Street did. We were already in. So when Wall Street took it up and swooshed it up and retail Wall swooshed it up, we were already sitting inside of it. Usually retail comes in after Wall Street's made all the money. And mm-hmm. then we decide to jump in after all the value sucked out of it. Right. And so it's, it's a big conglomerate. We okay, well, caught it first. Yeah, so that, that was the difference in this case. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to get a question here and then we'll come back to, you know, are we stupid? Something going on? Is this too good to be true? Uh, I've been, I've been, you know, being pegged as being too cultish, and uh, and I, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a uh, fishbowl, what do you call sorry, echo chamber, and I'm listening to you all day long when I should be listening to these bears out there, which I do, by the way. That's, but I give I you the bear case. Let's, let's, I give well, you, go, I try to there. give you the other, right? I try to give you some of the other hand of it. I try to give you the oh. the Wall Street investor thought process through. I, you know, I try to give you both sides a little bit. Yeah, we lost our speakers, so let's let's keep moving. Um, so yeah, so people are telling me that you are in this echo chamber. You're just listening, and I'm like, but I'm I'm looking at spreadsheets too, and I'm calculating things too, and and I'm not. But it's like, is this too good to be true? Uh, so I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my bones, and it's the same feeling I had when I just when I decided to go all in on Apple, and I I went into all in app, Apple ten years before the the iPhone. But when the iPhone came out, um, that was when, you know, saw the future, right? I'm sure everybody did that, not just me. But of course, there was a huge group of people at the time, right? There's no way the iPhone's going to succeed and you need keyboards. But you knew that this is going to be a generational shift. Every person is going to have to sw- sell their smart dumb phones and switch to a smartphone. And everybody in this world is going to have a smartphone in their pocket. This was 2007. That's what I feel today. Right. It's like it seems so obvious to me that and I ask the question every time I talk to a a person, whether they're bare or not. The first question I ask is, do you agree with me that electric vehicles is now then it's going to replace all cars? And I'm not I don't I don't say I don't saying I'm not saying it's going to happen this year or five years. I'm saying that at some point, let's say eight to 10 years from now, 100 percent of all new car sales will be an electric vehicle car. and it's hard for anybody to to fight against that. So now you have this generational switch of you know cars switching to EV. And then the question becomes, what happens if there's competitors? And what happens if they, and my answer, and tell me if I'm wrong, my answer is this. I say, it doesn't even matter if the competitors come. All you need to look at is Tesla. Tesla's at two, one, last year they were 1%, 2%, now they're at 3%. Of all global EV sales, of all global cars sold. So can they go from 2% to 3% to 5% to 10%? Even if all the car manufacturers out there succeed and they're selling like crazy and they, they take over the markets, Tesla still gets 10 to 20% of the market uh, globally. They'd still go 10x. Uh, yeah. Am I right or wrong there? So I don't believe I'm in an echo chamber. I believe I'm a realist and Tesla has proven it to me. Do you know who hasn't proven it to me? Ford, right. GM, yeah. Volkswagen, yeah. Toyota. They haven't proved to me anything. I hear a lot of talk. I hear a million vehicles in 25. We got 50 uh, different EVs coming on. Here's what they don't get. It's not about different EVs. I have 30 going to hit the market. It's about category killer. You don't have 500 million iPhones. You essentially have one iPhone and they come out with one every so, you know, every whatever. I, I don't know 
exactly the, the, their cadence, but essentially you have one great product and, and then you make great iterations on that great product. Same thing with Tesla. You have one category killer, the model, the model three, that's sedan model. Y that's the, uh, you know, SUV Cybertruck. That'll be for trucks. They're going to do a van. They're going to hit each major and, and you have the category killer. You don't need five different Trent models for to win that's what they're not getting no one is going to buy these cars from legacy no one's buying them now no one's doing it at scale because they can't first of all they don't know how to do it number one number two it's going to crush their other business they are dead in the water and the market won't realize it until it's almost going to hit them in their face herbert that's what's going to happen okay all right so i agree with you that even if the oem companies uh, compete they finally they do which we don't we're all there's even a huge potential that they won't but even if they do tesla alone will still succeed but i'm going to give you something that's a tesla killer you ready oh man tesla killer from herbert i I gotta hear this yeah i got a tesla killer so we've all, many of us on this call, have invested a significant amount of money, in some cases me, all in. So I have to worry, is there anything that can happen that's going to derail this too-good-to-be-true story that we're all looking at? Well, the Tesla killer could be uh, autonomy that Tesla does not able to solve. And Elon himself has said that if a car company comes out, that EV manufacturing is going to be a commodity. Uh, eventually, every company will be able to make EVs. But the the first company that can make an autonomous car can then kill, if Tesla can't do it and another company outperforms and they're able to do it, then Tesla's dead. Doesn't matter how many cars they make. If they can't solve autonomy, they're dead. Well, I, I don't know if they're dead, but it is true. If someone else has cars driving around and Tesla doesn't, then they're going to be at a competitive disadvantage. So that would be a blow to the story because whoever solves autonomy is going to get a lot of the market because who doesn't want a car that can't drive? But the whole story is who could do that at scale? Who's doing that? Who's closest to that? And from all our research, we're not like doing pie in the sky. Who's closest to doing that at scale? Who's got all the data? It's Tesla. So you should worry and you should think about poke holes in your own story. But I don't believe that who's going to who's going to solve it. What what company is close to doing it? Waymo? No, I, yeah, I, I obviously am a huge believer that Tesla's got the right strategy. He said, right, but already, think about it. Answer your own question. You said no, that could I, be the I, killer. Well, no, no, no. Is I anyone know. in your mind no. close? No, 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 no. There's no one. Okay. I'm just trying to be as, as careful as possible to evaluate yeah. everything. But if you believe what Elon said, right, in order to do autonomy, you have to have three things. You have to have uh, you have to have supercomputers. Uh, you have to have a billion miles of car of driven miles of video. And you have to have these neural nets to be able to do this. And if you have these things, then you can solve autonomy. If you don't believe that, that none of these other companies have that. None of them have the billion miles. If you can use simulation to be able to do this, then it's very there's a potential that a Chinese company has super compu- access to supercomputers. They're using simulation, and you know, like how you watch these uh, general AI companies like uh, the Dow and all these, you know, Dali and others. If these guys can create a simulation of driving and just feed it all the videos of what if I fed it every movie that has a car, uh, you know, <laughs> these movie shots of cars driving. And that's all it needed to solve it, right? 
I, I mean, I don't know. I'm obviously, yeah, if, if I mean, it, I so. hear you. I think autonomy is a little off. I think Tesla's the first in, in the pole position to do it because they're doing it at scale and they got all the data. You know, this is and they're doing it differently. They're doing it vision. Is it real? Think about it. Let's let's have a chat about it. Is mm-hmm. it possible that you're putting these you know, LIDAR on these expensive Jaguars like Waymo's doing and you need to geofence a certain area and it takes you like 10 years to do a small town. Is that scalable? That's well, not a scalable. Pause there because, uh, yes, I agree with you. But if you look back, you can't look back and, and translate that forward. So let's say it took them 10 years to geofence one location. Doesn't mean that the progress will be. If LIDAR falls in price to something like a thousand bucks or less, then that resolves everything. It's, you know, lighter price and all that. I, I'm, I'm not a lighter person. Trust me. I'm just trying to say. And then if you do that, then if you have a supercomputer and learning forward, just because it took them 10 years to solve it, that's old technology. That's old scenario. It doesn't mean that that's what will be going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. I, that's not so much my worry, though. I, th- I think the bigger worry is um, uh, material bottlenecks. If they can't source what they need, in 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 reasonable cost controls to me is the bigger um uh, issue well let me pause there. long what term happens, long term and elon, elon's even talked about that in the next yeah. year or two we're probably fine but going down the road we need to make sure that we can get the lithium and the nickel well, and this kind of stuff. in a world where somebody solves autonomy but doesn't put it in uh, EV cars, but they solve it autonomy and then they retrofit all these G- uh, OEM cars. People will still prefer to buy the autonomous car that's a gas guzzling rather than the, you know what I mean? Like that value is so much more important than the EV value yeah. of it's faster and it's all that stuff. Yeah, but I don't think you can do that with a gas. Don't, that's the whole point of the EV and autonomy is because the technology inside the electric vehicle, right? It's it's hard to put that kind of technology on a, on a gas guzzler, right? You would have to reformat the whole car, right? The whole thing of a Tesla is it's a simplicity, right? No moving parts. It's basically a battery and and, and the electronics where, where, where a gas car, you got so many things happening. You don't, it, no one's even thinking about doing all that kind of technology and putting in a gas car. That that's the old school. The, the, everybody is going to put this new technology in electric vehicles, right? Because of the the mandates uh, of countries to say by 2030, 2035, we're yes. only going to do EVs. China push only EVs. EV yeah. is the future. Yeah, it is. It is. You're right. You're right. There's this, the countries are already putting these mandates in, and California did the same thing. So, it, yeah. it, but it's a, it, you know what I mean. I'm just trying to make the point that what really. Oh, I get it, is, but is, I wouldn't worry. So. I don't think that that that's not a, whoever wins there. It's going to be an EV. It's not going to be this great stuff on a gas guzzler. It's just not. Yeah, okay. okay. I think what anything you want to chat about? Yeah, it's great. Great to be here as always. Love love these chats. Um, yeah, I mean, I obviously we're all excited about. I think the the recent earnings. Um, I mean, to have such a good quarter, which was meant to be the bad quarter after all the shutdowns in China. Definitely very bullish on, you know, margins going forward. And, you know, as long as they can continue the ramp at uh, Austin and Berlin, you know, I think that's really, really positive for for both this year and next year. Um, It's just going to be interesting, I think, the next sort of 18 months, um, where Tesla goes in terms of this idea of a robo-taxi. Because, you know, obviously, as we've been talking about, Elon's you know, been late on timings, uh, you know, over the over the years on this particular issue. And I think that's likely to happen again. And that's fine. 
Um, so really, then the the argument becomes, you know, and, and the thought becomes for all of us as Tesla investors, where does the next leg of growth come from? Um, and they have talked about, you know, at Battery Day about a compact car. Um, so I still foresee them pivoting, um, and I think they'll need, you know, for growth reasons uh, around 2024, 2025, they'll need a compact car if if uh, FSD robot taxis aren't a thing, um, which I'm still thinking like mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. likely. You know, like I I just mm-hmm. you know I think robot taxis are possible. I just I just don't necessarily see it in the next two years. So you know, for me, I, I'm kind of excited about whenever that you know statement comes. But we've got other you know exciting things to come before that. I mean, you've famously got your your list of catalysts, and you know, on there are things like you know the SP inclusion, and um, you know the, the the factories ramping fully, and then maybe even like a new second location in Shanghai. That'll be super exciting as well, which I think is is strategically a brilliant move. So lots of things to look forward and, and be excited. So next for. next year, don't you think Cybertruck? That's going to be the big catalyst. Yeah, but then again, I'm doing my usual thing in my head of discounting yeah. Elon time. So I think, uh, mm. you know, Cybertruck doesn't come out, in, it only comes out in very, very small numbers at the end mm. of 23. Mm. So really, we only see full production in 24, which will be okay. super exciting and is only, you know, 18 months away. But, you know, I'm just not, uh, I, I'll always discount Elon's timelines and, and I would love to be proven wrong and maybe I will be, but yeah, we'll see. Okay, and then you're saying that a compact car could, you're still, you're actually kind of changing my mind, because I've been saying for so long that they're not going to sell the compact car anymore, they're going to just do robotaxi and sell to fleet managers, but you're saying that, yeah, if, if robotaxi does not available, and high likely it's going to be longer, they'll have to build and sell a compact car to widen the uh, offerings to be able to grow even more um, sales yeah yeah and he's you know he's been on the record recently as to saying that he's yes. like oh there's still some outside chance that we'll do a compact car um but then he quickly was like you know but fsd is coming it's going to be here any minute did he say this i mean it's within the last year i forget you know whether it was like you know the berlin opening someone threw mm-hmm. a question at him or you know the, the exactly you know which earnings call it was but but i do remember him saying that mm-hmm. um but, hey there's still an outside chance that we do the compact car and obviously it was only a battery day that they said hey we're gonna have this cheaper than a model 3 car you know whatever the price ends up being um but my mind, you know, not everyone in the world can afford a fifty thousand dollar car. Yeah, and but yeah. Can, can't you take can't you take the Model Three, create a variant of the Model Three with their thirty percent gross margin? Can't you, if they wanted to, couldn't they just go and sell that Model Three for thirty grand? Can they? Yeah. Well, I I think that though, but the problem is, is like the raw materials, right? Like the raw materials is becoming more and more like a large part of the car, and so. To, to really make the car cheaper and get it down to that price point, you're going to have to cut out a ton of batteries. And I think if you do that, you might as well I cut see. out a ton of... Yeah, Paul, Paul, speaker, he can set me straight, man. Paul, <laughs> is that possible? I, I'm so sorry, Herbert. You got me up on stage on that one. Uh, we, we've actually talked about this recently, um, open forum. Keep in mind, you don't want to take a Model 3 that costs... If you think about it, right now, it's costing more time to build then the why a new revision of a three would be cheaper to build. But remember, you can't, excuse me for saying this, bastardize your current production. You don't take a a vehicle that is currently selling more than they can build to bring out a replacement that's cheaper. So Mm. you won't see it this year and you might not see it next year. 
but you will see a car that does cost less than a three. And <laughs> believe it or not, it might cost almost the same to build it. But the key was, I, I don't remember who was saying that, is the batteries. You drop. Mm -hmm. Josh, 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 Josh said that. Wonderful yep. thing Great is, point. if we bring yep. the batteries density up, the size of the pack down, it's a win-win. So if we bring density up by 10%, and when I say we, I mean Tesla, of course. And the weight of the vehicle down by 10%, you take off the rear doors, make it a uh, three-door mm -hmm. hatchback. Mm -hmm. You make it front and rear casting with a structural battery pack that's only 40 to 45 kilowatt hours. Has a 270-mile range and a price of $30,000. The game is now over because now it won't eat into the four-door threes and it won't hurt the Ys, but it'll take up every bit of eco box or I call it college kids vehicles <laughs> on the market. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm confused a little bit. Are you saying that it's going to be a net new car or is it going to be, can you do a Model 3 variant? Can you do a variant on the Model 3? I, I would not even try the variant. Now keep in okay. mind, every, every Tesla ever made is a variant of its mothership, meaning the Model S. Every car looks very similar in some way or another. So it will be smaller, it will be lighter, it will be much cheaper to build, but it's not going to be a Model S, it's not going to be a Model 3, and it's not going to be a variant of the Y or the 3. It's just going to be a smaller version of it that's more efficient, much cheaper to build, and, and I guarantee you it's not going to have lumbar support on the passenger side, like the 3s or the Ys currently don't have. They're going to be taking out every possible feature. If it has a glove box, I guarantee it's going to be just a cubby hole. It's not going to be automatic. Gotcha. Okay, so can you explain to me the, in terms of the uh, the the Model S, Model X were tiny little shares. Uh, Model 3, Model Y is massive. But then what about the van, the truck, and now this compact car? Which one of those is the next biggest Yeah, segment? The, the Cybertruck. The Cybertruck will be the next big catalyst but let, let me i agree with 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 paul i i don't worry about a twenty five thousand dollar car guys look at look at gm look at these gas cut like these the, the, their costs are on par 50 plus thousand dollars they're selling these new cars for everything has gotten more expensive if tesla could reduce prices now yeah it would hurt their margins a little bit but their margins are so great they could gain market share they could knock the price of a model y probably at a forty five thousand and still have great margins Margins. They could probably get the Model Three down to forty thousand and get and get decent margins. They don't need to. I agree with Paul because the demand is so great because the EV market people still want them and there's still a lot of rich people that doesn't have a Tesla. That's why I'm saying this story is is and that's what Elon's been talking about and and the Tesla team that they have demand for the next few years that every car they make they're going to sell. This is a problem four or five years from now maybe. EVs are still in the United. States, two to three percent, four percent of the market. If we're going all EVs, we have 20x to go. Do you know how much battery refinements will get done? How much better, how much mm. uh costs will, will, will you know the making of the car will come down over time as more investment goes into EVs and more processes are learned? This is just very high level. The the cost will come down because now it becomes everything. So I'm not so worried about these other things. The main thing, and I don't think this is what Milestones, Herbert. It, you put it on there if it's not. How about Tesla grows fifty percent for the next decade? Like, is that a milestone or for the next five years? Because if they do that, 
If they do that, that's all you need because the earnings will explode and the growth is incredible. No, Who's ever I, heard of a people, company at, at this big growing 50% no, year after year after year? Uh, the, 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 even Elon said that the Model X, Model Y maxes out at three to five million cars a year. So you need to go to the other segments. That's what I thought that that's clear. That's what I'm saying. There's the truck. There's the van segment and there's the compact yeah. car segment. You're saying the S and X is just for, for the margins yeah. and novelty. Yeah. The three and the Y are the drivers. What I'm right. saying though is the way it's going now, and who's who's to say you can't have a ten year loan on a car? If the cars are so compelling and people want this product because it's so amazing, you know they'll pay fifty thousand and they'll finance it over over seven to ten years, and they're pro- you know it'll be three three hundred dollars a month. That's not a yeah. big deal. Uh, uh, Paul, uh, you're a supply chain expert. I've been wanting to ask you this question. How many gigafactories are you expecting to be announced this year? Zero. What? <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Not rumored. You'll see one or two. <laughs> but what? you're not going to hear about another factory until what? it's in black and white. And it's going to be after the first quarter of next year. What? They, they, got, they got too many irons in the fire right no. now. Now, we need two every year for the next 10 years don't hold your breath you, you got to have employees to run these factories i called you as a chain expert i'm gonna have to pull back my <clears throat> hey I, i'm not gonna lie to you uh, and on a side note i just finished watching your interview with ryan yeah let me tell you what okay best interview no. ever and i know both of you personally I love this interview. So yeah. if you, anybody in the audience, go watch that interview. Sorry, he'll, the- he'll, uh, Ryan almost cried. Yeah, not not because of me. It's his because of Tesla. He worked at Tesla, and he was so moved by his experience there that he almost cried at that. And yeah, and, uh, no, it was a great interview. And but but to put to put put a little bit on the point. Remember Berlin. And Austin. Austin is massive. That probably over time, and they're they're building on there. That has a capacity of two million. Berlin has at least a capacity of a million. Shanghai, they're building the other factory. We we've seen it today. That's going to be a million, two million. You got Fremont that's growing. That could be seven, eight hundred. They already have capacity. What they have now that's being built out of probably five to six million. So that's a long way. That'll get you a far place. And I think Elon did say he will at the end of the year. Year, name another location. I'm not right with you, Herbert, on the... I disagree a little bit. I don't think it's going to be five locations, but I do think it'll have one or two announced that will start to... The yeah. process will go next but, year. Okay, Paul, but I understood that every time they create... If you want to create more batteries, which we know that they have to do, that they're going to create gigafactories that will do both the battery and the car... They, that they're going to, the new model is that the battery manufacturing is within a gigafactory. So if you're telling me they're not going to have any more new gigafactories, where are they going to build the batteries? Is you just an existing factories we have now? They're not, they're not shutting off the current supply chain. They're building additional supply chain. So keep in mind, there's not going to be a hundred percent in-house, but they, all right. the facilities they can build will be in-house. But, and also look at the main factory, the first factory in Fremont. It does not have the ability to grow. Is that correct? Yes, no more. Well, they might redesign so, is what I understood. For they, they can redesign it, but you know what? Yeah. You, you, you take the Rubik's Cube, no matter how many times <laughs> you change it, it's still a cube. Yeah, uh, okay, but, but China yeah. has the ability to grow, and it is growing. Yeah, Austin, uh, Herbert, we yeah. had lunch there. 
There's it. tons of room there. There's like you showed me I the mean, room. You kept going. This is empty. This is empty. This is empty. <laughs> like yeah, my, my legs yeah. are still hurting from. I mean, and, and that's just the building that they're in. Who says they can't build another gigafactory next to the original gigafactory? True. Okay. I, no, I I am saying that there's going to be two expansions: Shanghai and Gig, uh, Berlin and Shanghai and Texas. But if Indonesia announces that they're going to build, announces. I'm not saying they're going to do it yet. They announce it. Okay. Joint announcement. You're going to owe me friggin' a dinner or something. Well, something expensive. Uh, Herbert, what are they going to build there? Both battery and cars. Okay, so where are they going to ship the cars to? I don't know these things. No, not cars, Herbert, not cars. Indonesia will be a, it could be solar, it, it, it could it, it could be, and batteries. That's what it'll be. It won't be selling cars out of Indonesia. I was told that battery, battery, gigafactories will have both batteries and cars. They go together now. They're not going to build Correct. separate battery manufacturing separately Herbert, somewhere else. You're thinking about cars only. Where, what else does Tesla use batteries for that they are running short of already? Uh, Mega packs. Thank you. Okay, so Christopher, you've been paying attention here. (laughs) You you can't always think that Tesla's only making batteries for the cars. The cars is going to be such a small portion of their business in the next 10 years. Guys, in 10 years, you're going to drive down the street and going, man, look at that huge block of, oh, those are Tesla Mega Packs. And you won't see brownouts in New York. You won't see brownouts in California. You'll see India actually have underground wiring mm-hmm. I, I i love the next 10 years for tesla is huge i think tesla needs help with their supply chain of battery packs for cars for storage for grid stabilization that's the growth the cars it's, it's just paying for all the other in- inventions i mean the technology for battery packs is second to none so I'm looking forward to Model S and X refreshes being about stagnant. Let them be the high-end ones. Just remember, every battery pack they don't put in a Model S or X, they can build two Model 2 or Model 3 or Model whatever. The batteries are getting denser. They're getting more efficient. So that's the excitement, the future. Yeah, that's true. And the S and X, you know, they'll do 100,000 a year. And guess what? For, for for next year and and these two quarters, they're still significant enough where they help the gross margins and you know they help the revenue line because you're selling these cars for 130, 140 thousand dollars, and 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 the and the margins on these things are crazy. So even if you can do 100 thousand a year, maybe a little more, that that's still significant at this stage in the game. I agree with you, Paul. Though long term, it, it will be nothing. But right now, you know, it helps pad the numbers. Hmm. I'm still shocked with Paul saying zero new factories. <laughs> no, he'll have to say, well, he's already said, if you remember from the conference call, he said he was going to announce some. He'll have to announce at least one, just for show. And what when, when you hear Elon say extreme scale, what are you thinking? Oh, we're too busy. I can't build another factory. Come on. Yeah, but remember, he's still doubling the size of every factory that can yes. stand no, as we speak. So, yeah. one, the the con- contractors are there. Two, the design is already in place. They own the property. So, what's more efficient? Buy property, build another factory that's going to take one to two years to ramp, or is it smarter to enlarge what you already have working, making it more efficient? 
making there less robots, less steps. I mean, think about how big Austin is in comparison to every other factory. And I'm not talking about just Tesla factories. I'm talking about in the world for manufacturing anything. It's. I think it's the biggest in the world. It, it, if it isn't the biggest, it's in the top 10. And guys, it's it's huge. I mean, you could take NASCAR and have r- races in just one portion of it. How, how many but, factories can be built in the Giga Texas um, land? Based on what they own currently? Because keep in mind, everything to the east and everything to the north is still not developed property. They have ability to buy that. And they also bought some property for residential across the highway, if you remember correctly. I don't know who did the report on that, but there's they, they're buying up property as fast as they can. And if it's not being bought by Tesla, it's being bought by some of their other country, companies that Elon has part of. Um, if I remember correctly, Boring Company owns some properties up there as well. Herbert, I, I, I agree with Paul, though. I think the main thing here is... Berlin and, 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 and especially Texas, you're, it's so big that they are going to be there doing a lot of things. There's so much room and they have so much land. They could put another probably gigafactory right you know, next to it. Like the, the potential for what they already have is so great that you have to ramp that first before you start building some more. Right. They 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 did Shanghai and then they did two new ones. Right. Now we have to let it. Let it ramp up and let the numbers, the financials come through. If you start building other ones and you got headaches with permits and this and this country wants this, then you're taking more, you know, more assets from, you know, focus on what you're doing and grow out, like so, Paul okay. said, totally your existing spot. Disagree with you guys. So there's going to be two expansions to Shanghai and Texas. And I absolutely agree there's going to be new gigafactories in Texas, uh, which they'll announce next year, right? One for the robot, one for the. F- semi maybe one for the uh for the uh robot taxi uh but there will be two new gigafactories in two net new locations at least you're at two you were at five and six no no you, now you I get said, realistic said, i've always said four and my, my four is two expansions and two net new locations that's what i've always been saying no it's all good it's all good. Like, like I said, that's less important. If if they if they announce one or two at the end of the year, it's immaterial. That it's immaterial. It's the Berlin ramp, the Austin ramp, Shanghai and Fremont hitting on all cylinders. That's what will drive the stock. The next twelve to eighteen months is about all about unit growth. That's right, it. So, uh, so we we have Paul here. Again. I have to take advantage of this. So, Paul, the gross margins thirty percent this quarter. What do you project is going to happen in the next few quarters? And what is it that's going to contribute to potentially higher gross margins? Is it because that these these factories are going to be finally ramped up? Is there going to be new um, technology on the gigacasting or maybe what? Yeah, you you have your pulse on this finger on the pulse here. So what's what do you expect gross margin wise? No, gross margin wise, simply going to grow because the reservations that were placed when the first price increase went in Mm -hmm. will start to be delivered. Oh, it's just price increase alone. Well, already yeah, just alone is going to increase the margin huge. back to the thirty-two percent. Right. Now, personally, I'm okay with twenty-seven. I'm okay with twenty-two percent because if you look at in the automotive industry, if they make twelve percent on a car, they're excited. But they're talking margins of retail sales. 
I mean, that's unheard of, even though they're mathematically in the retail business, but they're also a manufacturer. They've knocked out the middleman, but they've got built-in buffers for when they run out of seats and they have to airship them in from somewhere, or I know they build them in factory, but I'm talking about for the materials. A lot of things, the supply chains is logistics. The parts don't necessarily cost them more to build, but it costs them more to get them to where they need to be. And that's the scary part is if you're going to build yourself another factory, mm -hmm. you add one more point of distribution. Mm -hmm. You know how hard it is to get four factories, have four of the same part numbers in enough quantity to build enough cars. I mean, the reason they're excited when they did a thousand cars a week in Germany, because they only had a thousand and one battery packs to put in them. <laughs> I mean, that's exciting. Now, if yeah. I had 2000 battery packs, right and 8,000 seats, that right. would be perfect. But that never happens. It, it, remember, if, if you're missing one headlight, you ain't got no car. Oh, so, okay, let me ask you that, because a few months ago, you were warning that that's going to be the big issue, the supply chain. Were you were your feelings res, uh, felt a little bit better when you heard Elon say that he, they feel like they've got a handle on supply chain? I think that he told us what we want to hear. They ain't got a handle on it. You see how many Model Ys are shipping with the old headlights? <laughs> they can't get the new ones. They can't get enough of them. Yeah. So one factory gets the new ones. One factory gets the current supply chain that they have inventory of. Try to go try to order a spare part for any car for Tesla right now. <laughs> They're pulling parts out of inventory for for, for repairs. It, it's it's hideous. And remember, they're supplying parts around the world. So if you need a taillight for a Model 3, guess what? It's going to go in a new car before it goes into your used car for repair. You're, you're two to four months out to get a part for your car if it's damaged. Yeah. I mean, it, it's scary for people that get in accidents because they know, and they probably start crying. They know it's going to be six months to a year before they get their car if it's totaled. So that's the big scare of a Tesla now. Do I, do right. I wait? All right. It's um, 4.30. We cannot end on a very downer. Paul just downed a downer all of them. Come on. Say something exciting. Something positive? Yes. <laughs> no shutdown so far. Yeah. It's almost the end of the month. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you July is going to be probably the best month, even better than June was. Well, uh -huh. Next month, <laughs> you're going to see some big ramps coming out of Austin and Germany. Next month already? Wait. I thought everybody's so afraid that it's going so slow. Do you think he solved the issue? Oh, no, he didn't solve the issue. We got parts coming in. Come on. The, the, the yeah. parts, they've been building this stuff up, getting it shipped. I mean, they got airplanes and shipping the stuff in. And guys, the big thing is Shanghai. Shanghai just got expanded. Now they're at a, a, a even a higher run rate. Right now, this yes. is what I've been talking about for months. Shanghai, let me repeat this yeah. three times. Shanghai <laughs> is the heart and lungs of this company. Shanghai is the heart and lungs of this company. Everything they're doing right now, that's where the margins is. That's the that's where the team, the, the, they're pumping out the most cars. Shanghai is everything for the next 12 to 18 months as these other factories come up. They're all, th those, those units coming out of Berlin and Texas will be cherries on top of what sh uh, Shanghai and Fremont are doing. But as long as Shanghai keeps run rates of a million, 1.2, as, as it's going, they're going to be just fine they just can't have any shutdowns there and then everything else will be funded perfectly perfect okay so christian say it one more time shanghai is the heart and soul of this company say it one more time shanghai is the heart and lungs of this company lungs that is the truth 
Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, uh, Josh, and all the others. Um, that, well, we'll call it a day. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Peace. Bye.